from the top of paradise. Bermuda's best music mix. Ocean 89, a service of Bermuda Broadcasting. It's time to mind your business with Jamila Lodge and Shelly Thunder. Brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here. This is Jamila, and I'm sure you're missing that voice, Shelly. Shelly, where are you? Well, unfortunately, she's not here with us today. She's doing her duty and quarantining. So I'm here alone with my special guest, and Donna's holding the board down. So thank you very much, Donna. Um, but I'm excited to be in studio with Ronnie Vieira, Chief Operating Officer of First Atlantic Commerce and Chairman of the Cybersecurity Governance Boards. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. No, I'm excited for you to be here. Um, and in fact, the reason is we are uh, looking forward to having a lunch and learn tomorrow, mm -hmm. actually, 1230, um, which is going to be talking about cybersecurity. And so, of course, you being an expert, we wanted to mm -hmm. have you in to give um, some insight. But can you just share with us before we get into it, let us know a little bit about yourself and uh, your experience in this industry. All right. Sure. Um, well, again, thanks for having me. Um, well, I've been in IT for a very long time. I hate to, use, to say the number, uh, but it's around 40 years. Um, the latter part, uh, I'm still in IT, but uh, I've also picked up cybersecurity as, as uh, one of my area of, area of um, prof professional certifications, if you like, um, because of the business we're in. Mm -hmm. and, and in fact, today you can't be on the internet and doing business on the internet and not have some understanding of cybersecurity, which is what we're going to talk about today. That's right. So <clears> thanks again for being <throat> here. Um, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this Lunch and Learn specifically is because, as you know, BDC, we support small and medium-sized businesses. And like you said, you shouldn't be on the internet if you don't have some sort of um, cybersecurity platform or something to ensure that your customers and your clients are safe. So for those listeners who are like me mm -hmm. and need it broke it down in like layman terms. Can you share with us a little bit about what exactly is cybersecurity? What are you talking about when you say that? Okay, sure. And that's a good question. So basically, and there's a lot of technical definitions around it, but essentially it's the practice of securing uh, computer hardware and computer software and the data that is uh, that it contains Okay. in general terms. So I liken it to, um, you know, protecting your house, mm -hmm. right? So you have people who are, whose expertise is physically securing a house or a building. Um, so there'll be cameras, there are fences, there's a gate with a lock, um, there are windows with locks. Then you have your security uh, system, right. which is monitoring for any breaches in, in the physical security. In the cybersecurity world, it's very similar to that, except it's dealing with the, the, the data, the hardware, the software, and the environment that protects it Okay. Uh, in general terms. And then in, in cybersecurity, there is um, there's something called the triad, the CIA triad, um, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. So confidentiality deals with um, who has access to the data okay. and, and, and what access do they have to the data. So it's about keeping the data confidential and um, secure uh, for only access to those who have, are authorized to do so. Okay. The integrity of the data is, so you have your data and it's secure, but you want to make sure that it, is, it, is, it remains intact mm -hmm. and that nobody has modified it in an unauthorized way. And then the third um, sort of uh, access to the triad is um, availability. No sense having secure data and, and uninterrupted or an unmodified, but it's not available to use. Right. So that is um, sort of a common um, theme throughout security. 
Okay. Well, I, I love how you broke that down because thinking about um, cybersecurity as, as you would your home, right? You don't leave your house unlocked. Exactly. And you surely wouldn't want to come back and see your bed and all your furniture rearranged, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, so um, that's a great analogy. And for those that are listening, hopefully that helps you to hone in on exactly what is meant when you hear that term, cybersecurity. But why is it important for businesses to take this seriously? Like, why should they be so concerned? They're like, yeah, well, I have the, the thing you download and that should be enough. Is it, it any more than that? And why should they, they care? Why should they care? Yeah. So um, it's because it's existential, right? Yeah. So um, the risks are, I mean, the minute you connect your business and your computer system up to the internet, it, it is at risk of um, some sort of um, breach and, um, and through threat actors. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have to keep, um, you have to put protections in place. Now, for a small business, one of the basic things that you, you should do, and, and I know we're going to talk more about this, is sort of antivirus, anti-malware protection. Right, right. right? Um, but, you know, so going back to the question, you know, you, you, it's, it's like securing the business yeah. and securing um, what you have in the business. So, again, I'll, if I, let's call it a jewelry store, right? Mm -hmm. If you, if I... Um, if I'm a jewelry store, I make you repair jewelry for somebody. Mm -hmm. So you bring your jewelry into me, and I'm I'm responsible for it mm -hmm. once you hand it over to me. I have to store that somewhere in the store so that it's it's secure and, right. and, and and someone can't break in and get it. So I have to put it in a vault and make sure the vault is secure, and I have to make sure that only I or somebody else has access to the vault, etc. So similar similar thing. Um, and then other businesses have to think about. What is their quote unquote crown jewels? Mm. What what is it that is so important to protect that they um, they need to spend whatever they have to spend to protect it? Okay. That that could anything that if a breach of that or a loss of that that data or loss of that technology or loss of that intellectual capital is so severe that it could cause their business to go cause them to go out of business. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have um, laws now that are coming into place in Bermuda. They're already in place in Europe and, and other large countries which are privacy laws. So right. if you have customer data or personal data on an individual, there there are going to be, and in Bermuda we do have PIPA, yeah. um, the privacy, I can't remember the acronym now, um, uh, <laughs> Personal Information and um, Protection, Protection Act. Act. Yes. Um, it's not fully in effect yet. It is, it has been, legislation has been passed, legislation has been passed, However, the Privacy Commissioner, um, Alex, Alex. Alex Waite, yeah, he, is we, in the process of putting mm -hmm. together the guidelines for implementing the, the legislation. Anyway, right. um, businesses should prepare for that, and, and other, there have been companies that have been going around and helping businesses to do that. Um, but it's about identifying where you hold personal data right. and how you're securing that personal data, and then how who has access to it, etc. So, again, back to the question, why should a business owner be yeah, concerned yeah, about security? Yeah. These are reasons why. And, and the PIPA legislation actually has the ability for the privacy commissioner to levy fines to mm. somebody who loses personal data. So it is something that you really want to pay attention to and um, sort of be prepared for. Yeah. And I think it's interesting <clears throat> because, like you said, once you're online or you're using systems, there are people whose job it is to try to figure out how to get into those systems. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just in the same way you might have someone whose job it is to try and rob your home for their own um, on, on personal needs, that's <clears throat> the same thing happens on online. And the yeah. threat to me is bigger. Um, so one of the things that you said is that you started talking a little bit about liability, mm -hmm. right? So if you don't do what is required of you to secure that data, then you are putting your business and yourself 
at, you know, you're increasing the liability yeah. that you, you could potentially face. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what does that look like? Not outside of Piper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that if someone gets hold of my data or your data and they misuse it or something, like, I can go after that company or business. Is is that the case? Um, yeah, and you certainly would have a case to say report them to the private commi- yeah. privacy commissioner. Yeah. Um, and and privacy is more than that. It, the privacy privacy legislation also um, allows you as the um, data um, the, the data well, the person. Yeah. To be able to ask the business to 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 know so that you know what data they have on you and how they're using that mm-hmm. data um, because that's important too. So you could you know back a few years. You would have businesses who collect data on you, mm-hmm. and they may sell it on to another business. That's it may right. not happen so much in Bermuda, right? But certainly in other countries, that's not unheard of. Where you know you will sign, you'll do a survey mm-hmm. with um, Company X. They will take that data and sell it to Company Y, um, A, B, C, whoever down the line. So they use it for marketing purposes or whatever. And and so the privacy legislation around the world is designed to protect you as the individual and, and your data from that happening, unless you know about it and right. have approved it. Um, so that's what it does. It puts in a regime for you to control your own um, um, your own personal information. Now, we focus <laughs> primarily on small and medium-sized businesses. FAC is a big business. Well, yeah, <laughs> well we consider it big. Okay. And so I, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking, <clears throat> are there different requirements based on size of business? Or are there some standard operating procedures across the board that everyone should be considering? Yeah, and, and that's a very good question. Um, you have to right-size your controls, your security controls, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a small um, retailer selling trinkets on you know, Front Street or whatever, um, you, you, you have to look at your situation and see what, is, what extent do you have to go to to secure what you have. Right. And, and so you never want to spend more money on security than the value of the asset you're trying to protect. Right point. Yes. So that's one of the things as part of the security assessment process or risk assessment process, is that you you'll look at what you have in an in inventory. What what are your assets? What are you trying to protect? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you'll you'll spend enough to 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 um to to protect it. And there, but there are some minimum things as a small business, and every business has to do whether you're large or small. And that is, um, most businesses are going to have data now, right? Whether it's emails or invoices right. or whatever, right? Doesn't matter what it is. Most businesses are going to use it, whether you're a plumber mm-hmm. or anywhere else, anyone else. You're, you, you, you know, you have an electronic billing system. You want to make sure you back up that data, right? So that's number one, and and you want to do that whether it's for cybersecurity purposes or any other purpose. Your machine, your hardware could crash tomorrow, and you lose it all. So you want to make sure you back it up to a medium, which is offline from your main system. Okay, right? so, like redundancy, having redundancy in place. Well, yeah, well, redundancy is another, yet another feature, right? Oh, so, okay. So you have your backup, you want to back up your data up, mm-hmm. and then you also, so when you talk about redundancy, you're talking about having another, let's say another um, another machine, another, yeah. another PC or whatever that you can use if your main PC goes down. So okay. that will be redundancy. Um, and then you also want to make sure you have some sort of malware protection in place. So malware, let me just talk about that. Yeah. That is sort of um, software which is infected with, um, which, which if introduced to your environment can, in, can infect uh, the rest of your system. So, so those has, emails you it's, get it's, from Africa and it says click <clears throat> on the link and oh, yeah. next thing you know something terrible happens. Yeah, and th- so it's designed, it's software designed by bad actors basically 
to corrupt your system in some way or infect your system in some way. Okay. Um, and the, the sole purpose of that is to either gain access to your system, extract data from your system. There's various reasons for this. And there's various types of malware. But by, by installing and implementing um, malware protection, so antivirus software comes under that, um, uh, in most hardware, most PC, if you buy a laptop tomorrow, right. it's gonna, it's one of the first things it's going to want you to do is implement or install their whatever virus protection came, it came mm -hmm, with. Mm -hmm. You should do that. Uh, that's important. Um, and then you want to make sure passwords are, are sufficiently um, complex and secure. I know that it's a nuisance um, because a lot of us have these you know, multitude of passwords. Yes, now. and you can't remember to... them all. It's yeah. like, oh my God, I, can't. I know. And it is <laughs> I'm locking myself out of my own stuff. <laughs> and it is a nuisance, but they're important. And um, so there are, again, there is software apps that are available that you can, they're called you know, password vaults, where you can um, store all your passwords. Now, the essential thing about that is making sure that the password that you use uh, for getting for into the vault? that vault is also very complex and very secure. Yeah. Um, and there are other ways of making that a little bit more robust, mm -hmm. okay, which I, we don't have a lot of time today to go through that. But essentially, passwords, um, you want to make sure that access controls, right, again, okay, even if you're a small business, if you hire, you know, three people that work for you, you can't be there all the time. Right. You want to make sure they only have access to the things they have access to. So if you're running some sort of payroll software or, you know, you're banking uh, access to, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, the, the person that works for you doesn't have access to that. Access control. It's just controlling who has access to what in your environment. Right. Not Those everybody are, needs to have access to everything. Only identify who needs access to what. That's correct. Okay. It's called role-based access control. RBAC is the short name for it, the acronym for it. But basically, you look at the person's role, what do they need access to, and you give them access and restrict them from everything else. Okay. Not unlike the physical environment, you wouldn't let everybody into That's your right. vault. You wouldn't let everybody into your bedroom to look at your jewelry. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you just keep everything um, secure. Okay. That's sort of yeah. I think we can do that. Yep. I mean, that doesn't sound hard, right? <laughs> when you say cybersecurity, yeah. all those letters, yeah. you know, you kind of get <clears throat> nervous and start sweating. You're like, what exactly does that mean? Do I need to hire someone? And I guess that would be my next question yeah. because a lot of the businesses that we deal with are sole proprietors, right? Yeah. Maybe one, two, maybe at most three person operations. And so do you recommend that there should be a designated person identified to manage this kind of process? Yeah, I think, I think that even as a small business, you do, let's face it, this is an area of expertise that... Um, you know, you can read up on it and there's some basic things you can do. Right. But as a small business, it, it would be wise to get help. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't necessarily need, may need, you know, many hours a week. You know, again, it depends on the size of your business. But it is wise to seek expertise, um, at, at least to do an, an initial assessment of your environment and then to put in some basic controls. Okay. Right. I, I would say that's wise as a small business. Okay. So when you're talking about an ass assessment, this person, they wouldn't be an employee per se, but you would hire this company or this individual who yeah. has the background yeah. to come in and look at your systems and tell you, okay, well, this is where you need to, you know, yeah. beef up security, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, so uh, again, a larger business might hire somebody full time because right. there's enough work and enough systems to secure that they will need a full-time person, possibly too. Um, but yeah, a small business who's, you know, they're trying to just survive and make money. That's right. Um, they, they are not going to be able to justify hiring a full-time security person. Right. Um, not at all. So they, they would want to 
check with some consulting firms around and um, see what help they can get. And again, I don't think it has to be all that expensive. It just it just means to make sure they have the necessary controls in place, right, to protect themselves. Yeah, and and their customers, because <laughs> I mean, if you think about from the end users, you don't want to be in a. Have you ever gone to a website and then it says not secure? Yeah. Like right away, I'm like, oh, back, back, you know, uh, leave. And so, what is that? Because a lot of people they're trying to build their own sites and and do these things them, themselves. What does that mean when it says not secure? Because they obviously have a website. Yeah. So, so is that should we be concerned, or am I am I being like oh, unnecessarily nervous about it when I see something? No, like not that? at all. Okay. So, whenever you, if you're going to just a marketing website, right, yeah. which requires you to do nothing other than look at what they're selling, i.e. you don't have to put in any data into their system, into their website, sorry, then it doesn't matter whether it's secure or not, right? Right. But the, the minute they want you to enter some personal data, you want to be sure that they have a page which is secured using an SSL certificate. Okay. So this is something, again, um, the average person would probably need some assistance with this, mm -hmm. right? Um, you can buy these certificates um, online from, you know, the sort of GoDaddy and, and others. And, and you, you know, you do, you do it online. And you install it on your server mm -hmm. that is running your website. And that's how you secure your page. And obviously, there's that little lock at the top in the URL right. line. And, and I, yes, yeah, so back to your question. Yes, you should be concerned. And if you're putting your personal data in, and it's not secure, you should, exact, exactly what you said, do not. Do Walk not. away from it, go to another page. Okay. Because okay. it is, um, you don't want to do it. Because So what does an SSL certificate do? What, is it do, what it does is it, it, it encrypts the data between your browser and the web server that the merchant is using, right? So an encryption is, is basically an encryption is a process which scrambles the data in, in just generic terms it is goes through an algorithm which turns the sort of clear text, which is what you keyed in on the screen, right. into scrambled sort of data, hieroglyphics, if you like, um, down the line to the, the merchant's web server or the, you know, um, the, yeah, the merchant's web server. Mm -hmm. um, the point is that if anybody intercepts it along the way, they can't read it because they cannot, they don't have the, the, um, the decryption um, key. Okay. in order to decrypt the data. So the only, you, by connecting to a web server that has this SSL certificate, it's an encrypted tunnel, um, and it's encrypted on your end of the browser end, and the only entity that can decrypt it is the web browser, sorry, the web server on the other end. Mm -hmm. uh, so it secures the data while it's in transit. Okay. And I think for those <clears throat> who are listening, so we're users and they're business owners, right? Yeah. And so for certainly for the <clears throat> end user, that's important because you're like, I'm putting my credit card information in here. I don't want to lose it. But for those who are business owners and are doing or conducting business online and are thinking, well, I don't need that. My site works, whether I have that little secure lock on it or not. Um, I think it, it's a level of confidence that your end user has in you. Like you said, you want people to complete the transaction. Yeah. So if you have your site and, and so tell me this, because sometimes you'll go to a website and it's there maybe a month down the road or two months, however many, you go back and it's no longer there. What does that mean? What's, what is no longer there? The, right. the secure lock. So well, it, means, it was secure, and yeah. now you go back, and it, it's saying that it's not secure. The site's still up. Right. So, so was there a lapse or something? And 
so these these certificates, you have to renew these certificates every okay. so often. All right. Right. So you can buy them in two year increments, one year increments, whatever. Uh, you pay more for the longer it's it is valid. Right. Um, and it could be that it's just expired. Okay. And then back to your point you just made just now. So our business, we do credit card processing, and um, we won't let a merchant go live unless they their have payment page, we call it, where you put your credit card data, is secure. We won't let them go live. So that's that's sort of a control point that we have. Okay. And um, is that something that most um, payment processors will do? And if they are not doing that, you should probably be like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would expect so. Okay, because that's like so. standard operating. Yeah, right? because, uh, well, again, not to talk too much about my business, although I'm sure everybody at my company would love me to. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, we're, we are a great payment gateway. And yeah. We're great people. But nonetheless, um, it's... Um, as a company, for what we do, um, so for us, I mentioned to you much earlier in the conversation, what are the crown jewels? What are yeah. you trying to protect? Right. Well, we are we are obligated to protect the credit card data. Right. Um, so we spend a lot of time <laughs> and money around securing the credit card data. Mm -hmm. So we don't want you to lose any card data because that will cause us to be involved in any investigation right, or whatever. Right, and right, We don't want to be part of that. We spend a lot of time protecting it on our side. So that's why I would expect that any payment gateway or any payment processor would make sure that you as a merchant is securing the data. I have to believe that. Well, I mean, I think it's important <clears throat> to note because, um, like I said, at, for a small business who is a one or two person operation, then if you have a resource like yours, like FAC or um, another company that takes pride in protecting that data, I would think that that would ease up the small business a little bit and allow them to focus on whatever it is that they do yes. best, right? Yes. Like contract that service out to the people that know. Don't try to become cybersecurity experts yeah. um, uh, because it's not necessary. There are people that provide that service, yeah. but it is required and important nowadays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. To be able to transact online. It's funny because um, right now we're in the midst of you know, we're going to do the lunch and learn tomorrow to talk a little bit more about tips and tricks that people can do, but we're also going to re-institute um, E-Monday. So, you know, Cyber Monday right, in the yeah. States, right? And so this is basically an opportunity for retailers, online retailers, to um, offer sales and discounts in time for Christmas or whatever, but it's all online. Uh -huh. So I'm thinking, well, you need to have that little lock <laughs> or yeah. you need to be secure because um, if you're trying to encourage people to shop online, then this is, is, is extremely important. So what I would like to ask you now is along the lines of privacy and just understanding a little bit more about what the business owner's responsibility is when it comes to protecting that information. So I know you mentioned you have to have th things in place, but what type of data would you say they should be focused on keeping protected outside of credit card information? Yeah, well, so the best thing to do would be to refer to the um, privacy legislation and and the government website sort of has access to that okay. however just to summarize though yeah it's the old personal sensitive personal data so um your name isn't considered sensitive personal data right. because it's in the public mm -hmm. view everybody knows your name it's nothing that can be secured um however there your date of birth may not be um okay. something you want out there some again for the most part, people know it. Right. But let's just use Social Security number, for mm -hmm. instance. Now, in Bermuda, Social Security number isn't used for as many things as it's used for in the States. Mm -hmm. But it's probably a piece of data, again, you don't want the average user getting. Maybe your insurance policy number. Um, 
oh, you know, you, you can see where I'm going with this. There's various pieces of personal data which you don't want um, to get to be um, sort of sold or have somebody who shouldn't have access to it to have access to Right. It. Passport number is another one, perhaps, right? You don't yeah. want, again, you do have to give it out sometimes to the bank when you when you have to prove who you are and all that. Um, but, you know, do you do you want it on the front page of the Royal Gazette? Probably not, right. right? So those are the things that a business has to be worried about, those types of personal data fields, data points that um, they need to, to be able to secure. And also, um, there's another part of the Privacy Act I mentioned earlier, right? Mm -hmm. It's more than just security. It's about making sure it's up to date um, and making sure that you're only using it for the purpose that you collected it. Uh, making sure that you delete it. This is as right. a business owner. Right. Delete it so when, once you no longer need it. Um, so only keep it for as long as you need it for. And mm -hmm. Alex could go through a whole list of the other things. Yeah. But this is my point. It's something they do have to pay attention to. Um, you know, and again, a lot of small businesses don't collect a lot of personal data, so they may not have have that. Yeah. A, a major concern, and if they do. You know, so, you know, again, using the trinket shop on Front Street, for yeah. instance, right, as, in its basic way. Um, you know, if they are, um, I doubt they are, but if they have always collected the passport number yeah. from their customers, because it's just something they thought it was useful to do, <laughs> being ridiculous to demonstrate a point here, right. they should stop collecting the passport number. <laughs> right, Because right. it's not something they need to sell the trinket. And it just puts them at an additional level of liability they don't need. Right. And I, I use that example only to be ridiculous, but to demonstrate a point. If you're collecting data you don't really need, stop collecting it. Yeah. It's just it's just an onerous on you to protect it. I think, I mean, that's a good point because I feel like Bermuda, we are a bit removed from the rest of the world. I feel like we're catching up in some instances, yeah. especially when it comes to like online and doing business online. <clears throat> While we know most Bermudians shop online, we, you know, we see back packages coming on island all the time. It seems like it's been slow moving to get them to do the same locally. Right. Hmm. So for that reason, I feel like a lot of business owners may have established bad practices, not knowing the ramifications of those practices. So using your your example of collecting the passport information. Well, that's just what we did. Like tourists came and they had passports. So we took their information down and that was our way. But now understanding that. There's no requirement for you to collect it, number one, if you don't need it. Mm -hmm. And certainly, if you have collected it, well, get rid of it. Because <laughs> how long are you going to keep that information yeah. um, around? So I think it's important to say it, even though it sounds like it might be far-fetched. Well, I think the the change is also that, of course, you know, 20 years ago, even maybe 10 years ago for some some businesses, they would you would fill out a paper form. Yes. Right? And then they would put that form in into a file a cabinet. File cabinet. They'd lock the ca file cabinet. <laughs> yep. they, would they would lock the front door. Yeah. That's it. That's however, it. However, however, it's changed. What happens now is they might collect it online and they store it online. And then back to what we were talking about earlier. Whenever you store anything online and you connect a pipe up to it, which just has the internet on it, um, then it's at risk. Yep. So whereas that cabinet was much safer than, than what you had before. Mm hmm. And that's why you just have to reevaluate things, right? We, we, uh, and and again, the the motivation for that is legislation now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's you know the I'm 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 quite confident that there won't be any fines sort of in the first few months, maybe a year or two. I don't know. That's just that's for Alex to talk about. But, yeah. But uh, because he's going to give people time to get used to it. Yeah. But now's the time to get used to it and clean up your act and start. And that's why. Stuff. Yep. 
I agree. Mm-hmm. We actually had Alex on and he talked a little bit about it and we were asking the same questions like, when are you going to start making, <laughs> you know, tapping people on the wrist? And he did um, say that he's going to give people time, but that's exactly why we're doing these lunch and learns, that's right? right? That's why we're having you on. That's why we had Alex on as we're trying to give people ample time to prepare themselves for what is coming yeah. um, and to give them the, the tools they need to be able to do that. So, you know, I don't want to hear anybody talking about, I didn't know I was supposed to do it because <laughs> we have had several conversations um, and we will be having another conversation tomorrow. So if you um, are piqued, if we piqued your interest today on today's show, talking about cybersecurity and your responsibility um, as small and medium sized business owners, then please join us tomorrow. Um, it is, you can register for it. It's free at BEDC.BM. You can log on and register uh, to attend to hear from Brett. Brett yep. Hensherwood of Deloitte. He's a partner at Deloitte, who's also a member of the Cybersecurity Governance Board, uh, will be facilitating that. And yep. it's an opportunity for you to ask specific questions as it relates to your specific businesses. So I definitely encourage you to um, register for that. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 1230. Um, I want to thank you. Very welcome. For Glad coming to, on. Glad to come up yes. And, and speak to. yes. And we'll have you on as FAC. We'll talk more about FAC because All one right. of the things that we like to do here is let people know what's available because a lot of times as people are starting, we say, you know, this is but but they don't it, they don't realize it. They need it until they need it, right? Mm-hmm. So once I'm ready to set up payment processing and all that, I'm like people always ask us, who who's doing this? Who should I contact? And we do refer them, yeah. by the way. Well, the, the good news <laughs> is is that um, I mean, COVID is a bad thing, as we all know. Yeah. However, it has motivated businesses to go online. Oh, sure. So we have seen an uptick um, in in online businesses. Yeah. Local, locally, as well as um, the markets we deal with overseas. So. Yeah. I mean, I would expect so, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the the things that we, when we started in Monday back in 2010, if you can believe that. Yeah, now yeah. I'm dating myself, right? <laughs> um, that was what, it was, the intent behind it was to kind of catalyze people to start their businesses online and to shop locally online. And now here we are in 2020 and people are doing it at rapid speed. Yeah. So are we at the bottom? Okay. We, like it. we are. Thank you again, Ronnie, for coming on. No um, I want to remind everyone to please register at BEDC.BM for the cybersecurity lunch and learn tomorrow, um, 1230. And if you haven't been aware, this is global entrepreneurship week and we are actively supporting entrepreneurs, small business, through pitch competitions, seminars. Um, we are right in the midst of our Women in Entrepreneurship Day conference today. I left that conference to come here. Um, and uh, I would just say log on to our website, bedc.bm or gew.bm, uh, because there's still definitely op- opportunities for you to um, register and get involved. And I want to give a shout out to Carl. We're talking about C- Coral Wells. I'm sorry. We're talking about um, cybersecurity, but she actually is going to have a panel discussion on Monday the 23rd about the social dilemma and that's all around Facebook and how you're using that and all the businesses are on using these social media platforms but what are they doing with your data Mm. right how are they using that data and that's going to be held at the BUEI and again you can log on to our website to find out more all right Thank you for listening to Mind Your Business with BEDC. Bermuda Business starts here.
Pandemic fatigue, it's real and affects people across the world. It's also potentially deadly. When we tire of COVID precautions and let our guard down, we give the virus fresh impetus. We falter and the virus pounces. Cases have started to rise again here, mainly among islanders returning home. 